everyone, welcome to Sifted HQ, episode 17, the loot crate of gaming TV shows. You know, summer is officially here in LA. It's starting to get beautiful. So I'm hoping to start doing some of these opens and closes out in some fun places. But right now, I don't think any of us are in a fun place because we've all been playing The Last of Us Part Two, and this episode has its fingerprints all over it. The Last of Us Part Two is finally here, and it's a large game filled with challenge. Things start off easy enough, but the game's final third ratchets up the difficulty, so we've created the survival guide to help you reach the finish line. While it isn't an open world game, the areas in The Last of Us Part Two are quite large and filled with hidden nooks and crannies. Take the time to rummage through each area. It can be annoying, and it gets really annoying towards the end, but the resources you gather will help you craft items that will pay dividends until the final credits. It's also imperative because the skill trees are unlocked with collectible training manuals, no manuals, no new abilities. The Last of Us Part 2 is a survival horror game. That means every bullet, arrow, and grenade matters. We're not exaggerating here. Every single one matters. The first upgrade to every gun should be increased ammo. Not only will it increase the total number of bullets you can carry, it often increases the clip size as well. There's nothing worse than being the heat of battle and running out of ammo. Head it off at the pass. If there's a character upgrade to focus on improving first, it's listening skills. This feature allows you to see enemies through walls, and in a stealth-driven game, it's a godsend. The more you upgrade it, the farther you can see. Having this feature allows you to approach each skirmish with a plan. It's virtually impossible to complete The Last of Us Part 2 with guns blazing. It only takes a few shots to meet the Grim Reaper, so running out in the open is a recipe for disaster. Instead, use your listening skills to see enemy positions and then start picking them off at the fringes with assassinations. Work your way to the center until there's no enemies left. Though the game encourages you to use bottles and bricks to distract and manipulate enemies, bombs and grenades attract more attention. Use them to get all the enemies in one spot and take them all down at once. Dogs are a new addition. They can track your scent and flush you out of cover. Like many enemies in the game, they can be avoided with some extra legwork. But if you're forced to engage, take out the trainer first. Dogs turn into lost souls once their handlers are gone. They'll run around aimlessly and they're easier to kill. There's also a delay between killing the trainer and the dog becoming active, so make use of it and slay the pooch while it's vulnerable. Alternately, just place a trip mine virtually everywhere you go. The dog will follow the scent and go Fighting even a few enemies at the same time is usually a fool's errand. More than two or three at a time, it's almost impossible to manage. Distance is your friend, and it's okay to run. There's even a Resident Evil-style quick turnaround so you can hightail it away from danger. Get away, find some cover, heal up, reload, and re-engage. Just don't sit too long. The enemies have long memories and somehow will track you, even if they can't see you. She got away. We know most of you get codes for things like safes from the internet, but if you want to complete the game without any help, make sure you collect all the documents. Not only do they fill out the lore, they also provide clues and the safe combinations. There.
The fake E3 continues to roll on, so we have another packed episode of The Big Six. I'm Shane Satterfield for Sifted News. This is the six biggest news stories in gaming for the week ending June 23rd, 2020. You know, the only thing left to the imagination with the PlayStation 5 is its price and release date. Speaking of its price, this week the head of PlayStation, Jim Ryan, was interviewed by the BBC. He stated that when developing PlayStation 5, Sony has been focused on value instead of price. Translation? The PlayStation 5 is going to be really expensive, but a great deal when you consider all the parts. Sony also announced this week that the PlayStation 5 will have a brand new user interface built from the ground up. You know, it would not be an episode of The Big Six without at least one story about Cyberpunk 2077. CD Projekt Red comes through once again, but this time, not for good reasons. The developer announced this week that Cyberpunk 2077 has been delayed once again to November 19th. We got a hint of this when the Stadia version was delayed last week. This third delay is to squash final bugs and polish the game. We're really starting to wonder if the game may be delayed into 2021, sending many a video game fantasy draft down the tubes. If you've been following the WB game saga over the last couple weeks, you may be concerned that it is also going to go down the tubes. AT&T CEO recently went on the record about wanting to sell its game publishing arm. Then, this week, the company announced that WB Games will be debuting new products at the DC Comics Fandom event coming up on August 22nd. WB is being tight-lipped, but the smart money is on a Suicide Squad game from Rocksteady and a new Batman game from its Montreal studio. We should also see the first official look at its Harry Potter action RPG. The Last of Us Part Two was released on Friday, and it's already set UK sales records. However, it's not all good news for PlayStation and Naughty Dog. The game has been banned in United Arab Emirates and Saudi Arabia for homosexual themes. These countries might want to look into their vetting process because there are far worse things in that game that have apparently gone overlooked. Homosexuality is illegal and punishable by death in those countries, so it comes as no surprise. Well, Apple may have a big surprise for us, but we're going to have to wait a while for it. The tech giant has been reluctant to jump into VR. Instead, it is focused on augmented reality. That could be changing soon if multiple reports are accurate. Bloomberg has gone on the record stating that Apple is working on a wireless Oculus Quest killer. Codenamed N301, the device reportedly will include vastly superior screens and audio. The catch is that it's not coming until 2022. By that time, Nintendo may be out of the mobile games business. Talking with Bloomberg, Nintendo of Japan president Shuntaro Kurakawa stated that the company is not looking to release any new mobile apps in the near future. It coincides with the success of Animal Crossing New Horizons and the sinking fortunes of its mobile suite. Perhaps Nintendo had it right all along, and fans were wrong to push the company into the mobile space. All right, that's it for the Big Six, the six biggest news stories in gaming for the week ending June 23rd, 2020. I'm Shane Satterfield for Sifted News, and I'll see you next week. It's been a busy week for E3 replacement events and over 20 new game reveals, which can only mean one thing, a great episode of Noobs. Rumors have been swirling around a new entry in EA's skate franchise for a few years now. Well, EA was listening to fans this week and announced that Skate 4 is in development. Not much information was shared other than it's still early, so don't expect it anytime soon. It looks like the Tony Hawk vs. Skate debate will live on. 
One of the most unique games for the N64 is Pokemon Snap. It wasn't a smash hit for Nintendo back in 1999, but its legend has grown ever since. Couple that with the fact that Nintendo is running out of franchises for Switch, and you get a brand new entry in the series. For now it's titled New Pokemon Snap. You must explore a new island taking pictures of Pokemon in the wild, giving you an inside look on how they behave in their natural habitat. Make sure your camera's loaded with film when it releases in 2021. EA has its own indie game publishing imprint that has given us games like Unraveled in the past. The next wave is coming, and it's led by Lost in Random. This fantasy action-adventure was actually announced at E3 2019, but we just got the first look at it. If you're a fan of Dungeons & Dragons, this dice-driven game is right in your wheelhouse. It looks like the film The Nightmare Before Christmas, but hopefully it will be giving us sweet dreams when it launches for all current major platforms in 2021. It's been a long time since we had a dedicated Star Wars dogfighting game. EA is looking to remedy that with Star Wars Squadrons. Take control of the Empire or Rebels in a battle in the stars, featuring a robust single-player campaign, 5 vs 5 multiplayer battles, and a hangar filled with some of the IP's most popular ships. There is no half-step. You can customize your ships and classes or select special abilities for your aircraft that can turn the tide. The game is fully VR compatible and isn't a game as a service, so it passes the pre-flight inspection. You won't have to wait long for a test flight since it launches for PC, PS4, and Xbox One October 2nd. Hey everyone, welcome to Closet Raiders, where I share some of the coolest stuff I've collected in my 20 plus years working in the gaming industry. Now, by now you figured out, and this is a special episode. We're here at Shane's house. I've got a cabinet here. Um, for those of you who live with a significant other, you have a wife, a girlfriend, boyfriend, whatever, you know how it works. You have certain cabinets, certain drawers that are yours that you can do whatever you want with, and then they have their cabinets that are theirs. Well, this is mine, and it has been mine for a really long time. Uh, we've lived here for a really long time because we've never been able to afford a house. So basically, ever since back in my GT days, this cabinet has been a depository for stuff I've been collecting. Like, not crazy rare expensive stuff, just really cool stuff that I wanted to make sure that I took care of. I would just shove it in here. And there's a bunch of other crap in here too. Um, I don't think I'm gonna be able to get through all this in one episode. So I may be back next week with the other part of this because it is lit literally just jammed with crap. Uh, so I'm gonna show you like three or four things today and then next week, um, this is a project by the way, my wife has uh, challenged me to clean this out. So uh, I have about a week uh, to get it all done. There's a lot of work to be done. I figured I might as well do some of it on camera for you guys because there is some cool stuff in here. Okay, let's start. So, well, here's something really cool sitting right on the top. This is Castlevania Harmony of Dissonance, the Game Boy Advance game, which is a great game. And you're like, yeah, that's a great game. That's cool that you have it. But here's what's special about this one. It has been signed by Iga. Here is the Nintendo GameCube component cable. These cables, for whatever reason, are extremely rare. Got the Nintendo branding on it. These things go for like $200 on eBay right now. I don't know why. I guess they didn't make very many of them. Um, will I ever use this again? Probably not. I just can't see myself pulling my GameCube out of the closet and needing it for anything, let alone setting up for 480p versus 480i. 
Um, so this is worth a lot of money, but it's just been sitting in here and I'll probably never use it again. Maybe someday I'll sell it. I've told the story before, but you may not have heard it. Uh, back when Sega decided it was going to cancel the Dreamcast, I was working at GameSpot and we worked in the same building as Sega. We were on third floor, they were on the fifth, if I remember correctly, it's been a long time. Um, but anyway, when Sega decided that it was going to cancel the Dreamcast, they sent an email down to GameSpot and said, hey, guys, come up. Um, we have something we want to show you. So we get up there and it was really depressing because there was just Sega employees that we had known for a long time, just milling around, looking really bummed out. And uh, we walked past like the reception and they had all these tables set up and they were basically just giving away Dreamcast stuff. Um, and I felt guilty about it at first. I didn't want to buy it because literally you could buy games for like a dollar. You could buy VMUs for like a dollar. Um, some of the bigger games were like $5, but the crazy part was the hardware. You could get a Dreamcast for like 10 bucks, brand new, 10 bucks. And then they had all this other stuff just sitting there that you could buy for like nothing. And so I ended up getting some pretty rare stuff. And again, a lot of stuff I've never used or opened. And this is one of them. This is the Dreamcast mouse. Again, never opened. Brand new. Here is, and I have like eight of these, I'm not exaggerating. Here's a Sega Dreamcast VMU, never opened, brand new. And I have like five different colors. I have every color that they came in. I can't remember all the colors that they came out in. Um, C-Man, I got this for a dollar. I ended up getting like a Shenmue 2 for like a dollar. Um, I ended up buying a ton of Dreamcast controllers. I don't know why, because they were like two bucks. Uh, so I still have like a brand new Dreamcast controller. Uh, that has never been opened and I have like three of these again in all like different colors And then I also have in there. I just buried and I don't feel like digging it out. I also have a Dreamcast keyboard unopened brand new Looked at put in a cabinet never looked at again Forza Motorsport 4 related in here and what is it? Oh <laughs> It's just a notebook. <laughs> That's all it is. I don't know why I've kept this all this time. There's a tire gauge there though um, That I can put in my car check my tires, uh, but just a notebook. And we get all kinds of crap like this as journalists. We used to, they don't really give it out anymore, but I would get like notebooks like this. And these are nice, like really expensive, like organizers, but I would get one of these like every week almost, you know? And I just have like stacks of them laying around in closet. I don't know why I didn't throw them away back when I got them, but I didn't. So I still have a lot of them. This is a Game Boy Advance uh, Famicom Mini. You guys remember these? It was a series that Nintendo put out, um, and this is Kid Icarus, and I got this in Japan when I was there for, I think, Tokyo Game Show one year. Um, here is Game & Watch Ball. Uh, I believe, if I remember correctly, I got this. I got this through the Nintendo Club, I believe. I think this was one of the rewards for collecting points, but anyway, there's the Game & Watch. So I talked about, on prior episodes, I talked about silvers and how we used to get these burned discs from publishers um, that didn't have any printing on them or they just have marker on them. I mean, when they would send us those for GameCube, they came in these jewel cases. You can see they're little jewel cases made just for GameCube discs. I don't even know where you would find jewel cases this little. And here's some random stuff. Here's a, here's a NR build of Tetris World. So um, Nintendo had two debugs for GameCube, there was a, an Aqua one that was really just a debug that just played um, pre-release code. 
and then there was a brown one. And the brown one was the NR, the NR Reader. Uh, and you could not get those really as press. Uh, publishers would bring those by to show off their games. Somehow I have builds uh, for NR Reader. Here's another one. Here's Time Splitters 2 on an NR Reader. And then, here's where I keep my GameCube collection. I got this cool case for NBA Courtside 2002. This thing is loaded with GameCube games. It's completely full. Um, so if anyone who ever told you that the GameCube never had any games, they don't know what they're talking about because I've got a lot. Others, SSX, I could just go on and on. But anyway, this is full of and a lot of these are pre-released too. Um, Red Card Soccer, do you guys even remember that game? Um, what else is in here? Some random stuff. But anyway, this is how I kept all my GameCube games. And I'll say this, like this case has done a good job. All these discs look like they're in great shape. Uh, someday I'll take these out of here and put them back in their original boxes because I do have all those. Um, but for now, they're just gonna stay in this really cool case. So anyway, I'm gonna stop it there because I think we're already over time for a segment on Sifted HQ. I'll be back next week. I think I'll be better organized because my wife's going to crack the whip on me and make me make sure I get this stuff in order. Um, so anyway, we'll do another episode out of this uh, cabinet next week, and I'll see you then. It's time for Turned Up Tuesday, the show that lets you know the best games, albums, movies, and TV shows releasing each week. With The Last of Us Part 2 in the rearview mirror, game releases are slow this week, but you probably haven't finished it yet anyway. SpongeBob lives in a pineapple under the sea, but he may soon be living in your entertainment center. Battle for Bikini Bottom Rehydrated is a remaster of the game from the PlayStation 2 era, as SpongeBob, Patrick, and Sandy try to stop the evil Plankton. This remaster also includes content that was cut from the original, and a new horde mode. It's not a Game of the Year candidate, but if you have kids who like the cartoon, there aren't many options. We just got our first look at Gran Turismo 7. It's one of the biggest driving franchises in the industry, but I have another you should check out. Assetto Corsa Competizione is the second game in the franchise after the first game did surprisingly well with critics. It follows the entire GT3 season and has been lauded for its realistic handling. A lack of content dinged the original the most, but that should be fixed when it releases today for PS4, Xbox One, and PC. Game Freak is the studio behind the Pokemon series, but it also dabbles in other games. Its latest attempt is Little Town Hero, which actually released on the Switch eShop some time ago. Now it's gained a physical release on both Switch and PS4 today. Like Pokemon, it's a turn-based RPG, but reviews have not been especially kind. It also has a deck-building element, which may help override your concerns. If you're looking for new music this week, your quest may go from concerning to impossible. Remember Kansas? Yeah, that classic rock band your dad listened to way too loud? They may be old, but they haven't stopped. The group's next album, The Absence of Presence, manages to maintain its signature sound of hard-rocking guitars and driving drums, without sounding like it's 50 years old. Check it out on Friday to see if old dogs can learn new tricks. Grey Days was one of the first bands to find the sound that would be made popular by groups like Linkin Park. Its mix of electronics with driving punk guitars and emo breakdowns have become a template for other bands to emulate. 
the Kings returned with their first album in 20 years after the lead singer committed suicide. Music like this flooded the airways a decade ago, but now it's hard to find. Discover it once again this Friday. HBO Max launched a month ago, and it's adding another big show to its long list of content. Doom Patrol's first season premiered on DC Universe, but will now come to HBO Max as well for its second season. It follows a team of superheroes who receive their powers through tragedy. This isn't a sugar-coated raw-raw look at the people in tights. It's a strange show, and season one is regarded as the best live-action show on DC's streaming service. That bar may be low, but expectations are still high for season two's release on Thursday. CBS All Access has been building itself quite a catalog of content, and now you can add the Twilight Zone to the pile. This remake of the original 1950s series is produced and hosted by Jordan Peele, and it's back for its second season on Thursday. It still has the classic format with separate distinct tales told in each episode, but with a modern twist. Ten new episodes are coming, but there's still plenty of time to catch up with season one if you missed it. All right, that's it for Sifted HQ, episode 17. Obviously, The Last of Us Part 2 had his fingers all over this episode, and rightfully so. We'll be back next week for another roundup of great content. Thank you.